0: May the words I speak and the words we hear be your words of life to us, our God. Amen. So here we are, a few days before Lent, in a world that is strangely different after Gabriel. And this morning we pause and continue to hear the words of Jesus reinterpreting the law for for his own time, this new time that he lived in. A time so different from when Exodus and Numbers and Leviticus and Deuteronomy were written. There are new social customs, new social structures, and over all of that is Rome, with all their demands and rules. Rabbis still do this today. Contrasting how Torah was understood, holding on to the kind of community that Torah imagines, and offering what that might mean for today. How do we live the reign of God in our own time and place? And so the question for us is, what kind of community did Jesus imagine? And what does that look like today? So, to hear again the part of the story of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus returns from the wilderness, where his identity has been sorely tested, which we'll hear about next week on the first Sunday Advent, and he hears of John the Baptist's arrest and responds by turning to Galilee, to the small fishing town of Capernaum, where he teaches and heals. Crowds come to him, sick people, poor people, invisible and broken people, crushed by Rome's empire, mourning the death of kin and neighbours, mourning their lives, mourning what has happened to their land, longing for another way. Jesus brings healing and hope in his actions and words, and eventually he calls some people who have been listening to him, fishermen and others, inviting them to follow, to embrace a new identity, a new way of seeing the world, a new way of understanding themselves, to be his disciples. And after a short while he gathers them up a hill, overlooking their world, overlooking all they have known of life with its grief and despair. It's violence always lurking on the edge, poverty defining every day. And Jesus looks around, gesturing at this world where he has taught and healed and he gives words to his actions and says, Imagine a world where we honour the poor, the broken, those who have lost hope. How different would this world be? Imagine a world where the most important people are those who mourn, the humble, those who hunger and thirst for God's justice, the pure in heart, the merciful, the peacemakers, those who are persecuted for the sake of God's justice. This is a world where all flourish, a community that gathers around all, where the common good is held as paramount a world where the needs of the poor are met, where they are treated with honour and respect and are given what they need to thrive. Imagine this world for a moment. When we imagine this world, live in this world, allow this world to shape how we live, we are salt disks of the earth oven, helping heaven's rain bubble away. We are light, living so others will see God's goodness, living the world of the Beatitudes into being. Jesus continues, Don't think my teaching replace or reduce the Law and the Prophets, they don't. And don't think you can skip the details, details count, but something more than the details is also needed. Don't get stuck on what the Lord just says. Get behind it. Find the intention and live that. And in doing that, you will align your whole self with what God desires. And what does God desire? The world just described in the Beatitudes. This is the reign of God. This is the empire of heaven. So different from Rome's empire. This is what the law and the prophets are all about. But Jesus doesn't stop there. He goes on and he offers examples of what he's been talking about so far. What he meant by, I say to you that unless your righteousness is greater than the righteousness of the legal experts and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. It's important we hear that. Jesus is not offering a new law here. But, like any good rabbi, he is offering a reading of the law based on everything that he has just said, based on the Beatitudes and the world imagined in them. In his teaching he warns that when our relationships with each other are broken, when we fail to see the other as our sister and brother, when we place our own flourishing ahead of everyone else, then our community is not all that God desires. The Beatitudes are not lived out, and we open the door to exclusion, belittlement, violence, sexual violence, adultery, murder. Now all of that sounds quite reasonable, but life can be hard. what does all this mean in the harsh reality of living in Jesus time of living in our time when we're talking about people who are, who do us wrong torah allows for justice an eye for an eye and no more than that limiting the punishment to the crime avoiding the endless spiraling cycles of revenge but jesus says That even that is too much. Don't seek revenge. And he goes on and says, Do not violently resist the evildoer. How often do we read that as, Be a doormat. But Jesus doesn't say, Be a doormat. And he doesn't say, Put up with abuse and violence. He says, Do not violently resist the evildoer. Instead, live lives shaped by the Beatitudes. Live God's purposes for the human family. Resist. As an aside, these words inspired Martin Luther King and Mahatma Gandhi in their non-violent resistance. They were not doormats, nor did they put up with violence. They resisted. Jesus says, if your master strikes you on the right cheek with the back of his hand as socially allowed, which is seen as an honourable way of disciplining a servant or a slave, resist, turn your cheek, so that he either has to hit you with the palm of his right hand or with his left hand, both of which will bring shame. And if a tax collector takes you to the court to take your clothes because you have nothing else to pay with, resist, give him all your clothes, and stand naked in the court. His greed and lack of compassion will be exposed. He has brought shame on himself and his family. And if a Roman soldier commands you to carry his bag for a mile, as allowed by Roman law, resist, insist that you take them for two miles. Your day of work is ruined anyway, it will spare another. And what about those we name enemies, those we fear or loathe, who are outside the boundaries of our community? How do we act with them? The law says that we are to love our neighbour, those like us, our family and kin, our father and hapu, those in our community. Jesus also said that it is said that we are to hate our enemies. That's nowhere in the Bible, anywhere. That was just what others said. But Torah and Jesus are having none of that. To live the Beatitudes invites another way of being, another way of acting. I am telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer. For then you are working out of your true selves, your God created selves. This. Is what God does. He gives his best, the sun to warm and the rain to nourish to everyone, regardless the good and the bad, the nice and the nasty. If all you do is love the lovable, do you expect a bonus? Anybody can do that. If you simply say hello to those who greet you, do you expect a medal? any run of the mill sinner can do that in a word what I'm saying is grow up your kingdom subjects now look like it live out of your God created identity live generously and graciously towards others all others all others the way God lives towards you be persistent in living the Beatitudes as God is persistent. Be trustworthy as God is trustworthy. Live love and reconciliation as God is love and reconciliation. Be complete therefore as your Father is complete in showing love to everyone. Jesus goes on for another two chapters. But we have Lent starting next week, so that's it. That's all we get to hear for now. Some of you will be relieved about that. But I wonder, as we listen to that, especially that last bit, how are we persistent in living the Beatitudes? In what ways are we persistent in living the Beatitudes? And I wonder who inspires us to be persistent in living the Beatitudes. So I invite you to have a conversation with your neighbours. And we'll, when we get to the creed, we'll just skip it and move straight through to the prayers.
1: Uh, so turn around and have a, have
0: a conversation. In what ways are you persistent? Who inspires you to be persistent? Or what else, what else would you like to talk about from what Jesus said in that piece of the Sermon on the Mount we listened to?